Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, everyone. I just noticed that I didn't greet this morning. For those who don't know me, um, I'm Hilma Miller, and I'm the Congregational Pastor of Every Nation Dorado. Welcome. As Philip was saying, this is the 8.30 service, um, but we also have a 10.30 service, and he was just encouraging us, <laughs> for those who are normally at 10.30, this is what happens in 8.30. All right, so as we all know, today is the last Sunday of the year. How many of us are excited about that? Yeah? We're excited because it's the last Sunday. You're like, oh my goodness, the year is over. Can I just see those hands again? How many are excited? Wow, there's, there's a lot of people that are excited. Let me see, let me see again. Oh, great. I, I'm going to pick someone here and just put them on the spot. Aune, why are you excited that today is the last Sunday of the year? Do you just want to come share with shortly? I think for me, because it was a year of stretching, so I feel like, yeah, it has come to an end. (laughs) (laughs) Great, the stretching has come to an end. So this morning's message is entitled Moving Forward, and it really has to do with the fact that we're moving forward in 2020. We're leaving a year behind, and we're going forward, uh, going deeper into the things that God has for us. But obviously for us to move forward, we need to know. We need to reflect back and say, what happened this year and how do I move forward? And there I've, I've put that scripture, the Philippians 3 verse 14, which says, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me, heavenwards in Christ Jesus. There is a goal, and that goal is heavenwards. We're constantly moving towards the things that Christ has set aside for us. We know that the ultimate goal is to be reunited with our King of Kings one day. But as we're living here on earth, he's got a plan, he's got a purpose, and he's constantly moving us towards that. So, Father, this morning, we just want to thank you for the honor and the privilege to be seated here together in fellowship, celebrating your goodness throughout this year, Father God that we're here on the last Sunday together. We pray, Lord, for your blessing over the service. You have already blessed it. We thank you, Lord, for your anointing. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for all that you want to do in, through this word this morning. Lord, I pray that your word will go forth and it will accomplish what you sent it out to accomplish. It is living and active this morning, oh Father God. And we thank you that it speaks to our hearts, it speaks to our minds, and it positions us for what you have in store for us next year. In Jesus' name, we thank you, and we praise you for that. Amen. Amen. So if 2019 was a person, (laughs) a friend put that on one of our WhatsApp groups, and I was just laughing at that picture. And I was thinking, but yo, it is true, hey? If 2019 was was a person, That is probably what it would look like. Tired, worn out, a bit of confusion there, and just saying, what hit me this year? And I must say that this year, even as Anna was was sharing that it's been a stretching year, and she's, she's glad the stretching is over, I know that for many people, 
this has not been an easy year. Yeah? It's been a tough year. It's been a rough year. It's been a stretching year. And for me as a pastor, just um, uh, meeting people, people coming for counseling, people coming for prayer, it's been really challenging for people. It's been a year in which there was just a lot of stuff happening. Deaths in families. And it's not my great uncle or that person. It's my father. It's my mom. It's a church member. There was just so much that happened this year that stretched us. And we know we started off the year by saying this is a year of great faith. We're going to trust God for great things this year. And we're pressing in for greater faith. And I guess that with great faith comes great challenges that meet us on the way to exercise those faith muscles. Because we know that we cannot grow in faith if there's nothing that will test our faith. Yeah? So we can't say, God, I want to have great faith. And not expect challenges to come my way that are going to test and are going to allow my faith to grow. Where I'm going to be faced by this giant thing and I'm going to say, oh my goodness, this thing is so much bigger than I am. This thing is so much bigger than I've ever faced before. I can't do this. But yet through God, I can. And only God can help us. And he's the one who's carried us so far. He's the one that will continue to carry us. And I know, I really know, that it, it, it has been a rough year. Even for me, emotionally, it's just been like, oh, Lord. There, there, there's just been so much to balance, so many things to pray for, so many things to, to look at for myself and my family, and just look at what God is doing. It's been stretching. Yeah? And I know that at the end of the stretching, there's some sort of emotion that comes, and you're just like, oh, goodness. Thank God the year is over. And a new year is starting. And what happens when a new year comes? We often expect new things, new growth, new better things, isn't it? And that's why we're expecting for next year. <laughs> but let me just say this. Every year is a building block. It builds on the previous year. So next year is going to build on this year. So there's no way we can erase everything that happened this year and just say, whoo, 2020, new year, here I come. <laughs> it's going to build on how we end this year, right? And I really, as, as I was praying and I, and, and I was thinking about this year, the Lord just reminded me of Ezekiel 37, verse 1 to, to 14, and I really want to read it for us this morning. I really believe it is a prophetic word that God wants to release in our midst this morning. And I'm going to read it. In so, Ezekiel 37. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by, my by, by his spirit and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were a great many of them on the surface of the valley, and they were very dry. Then he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? I replied, Lord God, only you know. He said to me, prophesy concerning these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord God says to these bones. I will cause breath to enter you and you will live. I will put tendons on you, make flesh grow on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you so that you come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied. And I, as, as I had been commanded, 
While I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. As I looked, tendons appeared on them. Flesh grew and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. He said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man. Say to it, this is what the Lord God says. Breathe, I mean, breath come from the four winds and breathe into these slain so that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. The breath entered them and they came to life and stood on their feet, a vast army. And the Lord was saying to me, tell my people this morning, that I'm breathing life over them. Tell my people to prophesy to the dry bones and speak. Tell my people not to enter 2020 feeling downtrodden, feeling dismayed, feeling hopeless. Tell my people that I, the God that has promised, that has been speaking to them, will deliver. Tell my people to rise up and to stand as the vast army that I've called them to be. Tell my people to live because I have come to give them abundant life. And this, this is the word that God wants to usher us into 2020 with. He's saying there's been so much happening. There's been a lot of tears. There's been a lot of brokenness. There's been a lot of stretching. There's been a lot of discouragement. There's been a lot of fear. But yet God, in the midst of it, is saying, arise, my people. Arise, my army. Arise and stand, for I am not finished. I will take you to the finishing line. I will take you forward. I will move you forward. And as he was speaking this to me, I really sense that God wants us to enter 2020 with three main areas restored in our lives. And that's, he wants us to enter with a restored vision. He wants us to enter with restored hope. And he wants us to enter with restored expectation. Those are the things that God really wants to to, to just bring back in in us, to to rise up within us so that we enter strong this year. And even as there's there's just these few days left before we enter the new year, let us do whatever it takes to stand on this and say, yes, God, this is how I'm moving forward. Amen. Are we expectant? Are we excited? Yeah. And I'm going to start with restored vision. God is saying he wants to restore vision. A lot of us have been expectant for great faith. And the one thing that every person starts a year with is, what do I see happening this year? What do I see happening this year? What do I see happening in my life? What is it that you see? And a lot of us saw things for this year. A lot of us said, this is what I see myself accomplishing this year. A lot of us may have a dream, a vision that God has been speaking to us about and saying, this is the year it's going to be fulfilled. And a lot of us were looking and saying, yes, this is the year. And as we come to the end of the year, we look back and we say, but not much has happened in this year. But not much has happened concerning this vision. But nothing has happened concerning this promise. God, I stood and I trusted. When we look at the men and women that have gone before us, we've seen how God spoke to them. He opened their eyes to see. You know, Abram saw offspring as many as the stars. God said, go out. 
open your eyes. What do you see? This is what I'm giving you. And he said, yes, I see this offspring coming. Joseph saw himself leading through the dreams that he had. He saw himself becoming a powerful leader, so much so that even his own family will bow before him. Isn't it? And he was excited about that. Moses saw himself freeing a nation. He saw himself liberating, setting people free, setting the captives free, moving them forward. He was so excited about this that he even did it before his time. <laughs> he ended up killing an Egyptian <laughs> to protect his people. But he was premature. Amen? Simeon saw himself holding the Messiah. God had promised him, you will never die until you see the promise of the Messiah coming in this world. And he waited for it. And that gave him life. The woman with the issue of blood saw herself getting healed. Some of us were trusting God for healing this year. And we had such amazing testimonies of healing breakthroughs. Amazing testimonies. But yet there are others that are saying, but I too stood. And I too waited. And I too cried out to God. And I too said, God, I'm trusting you for healing. But I didn't see it. I didn't see it. So the, the woman with the issue of blood saw herself getting healed. She said, if I could just touch the hem of, of his garment. If I could just get close to him. If I could just feel him. I know that my healing is complete. And as we're all sitting here, we all saw different things that God spoke to us personally. I'm not talking about just my own personal desires, what I want that will gratify my own flesh, you know. I'm talking about vision and promises that have been birthed through Christ for us. And every single person here has a specific one. There are those that are general, that are in the word, that we read. These are general promises for God's children. That you will be blessed in the land. Favor will follow you. Yeah? That you've got a great inheritance. That by his stripes we're healed. They're general, general promises. But they're specific things that you were trusting God for. Specific promises that came. Specific vision. That God opened your eyes to see in that secret place with him. And you said, yes, God, I can't wait for that to come. But as the year drew to an end, you were sitting here and you were thinking, ah, I think it's dead. And God wants to restore that this morning. God wants to restore vision. There might be one or two people that are thinking, wow, this sounds great, vision. Forget about restoring vision. I don't even have a vision. <laughs> God wants to give you vision for your life. God wants to show you what he has in store for you. God, God doesn't just want us to be aimlessly moving. 1 Timothy 1 verse 18, um, Paul is encouraging Timothy. He's saying, my son, I am giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well. Recalling the promise, 
recalling the vision, recalling the things God has spoken to you about will put that zest in you to fight well. Yeah? It is meant to do that. It is not meant to come to the end of the year and say, oh, well, I guess it didn't happen. Delete something new. <laughs> something new. Delete, reboot, <laughs> upload new or download new memory. Download new vision. No, it's not meant for that. As we can see, Paul is encouraging Timothy. He's saying, remember the prophecies. Remember the words that were spoken over your life. Remember the promises that God made to you in the secret place while you were wrestling with him and you were praying and you're crying out. Remember the pictures that God showed you. Whether it was a physical picture or you opened your eyes or just a picture that came to your mind of this is where I'm taking you or this is what I'm saying concerning this thing. Because today it's not about what Joshua, what Abram and all these other people saw. It is about what you and I saw. What did you see? When you started the year. What were you standing on? What was it? For some people it was the hope of a restored marriage. For others it was that degree coming. For others it was that thing that you've been trusting for, for the past five years. And you are saying surely now this sixth year it is coming. For every single person, it was something different. Freedom from, from something that was oppressing you, keeping you back. It was a promise. You wrote scriptures. You declared scriptures, and you stood on it. And you said, God, surely this year, this year will be a different year. And now we're here. And you're saying, but God. And God is saying, lift your eyes again. Lift your eyes again. Because we're moving forward. We're not moving backwards. We are moving forward. So God is saying, do not lose heart. Keep your eye on the price. He is our ultimate price. He is. And as we keep our eyes on him, you know, we don't, we, don't, we don't make an idol out of our vision. No? God is the giver of that vision. And we trust him to complete it. We trust him to make the promise come to pass. And as we're trusting him, we're standing on the word. We're fighting for it in prayer. There's warfare going on. There is a rising up in our spirit. There is a determination. There is a crying out. There is a saying, yes, it will happen. We're responding to what he said, but we don't make it an idol because he is our ultimate goal. And so we, 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 we keep being, we need to be in that place where we motivate ourselves. What is it that you can do that will keep you motivated about this promise that God has given you? Because we need that for moving forward. God wants to restore the promise. He wants to restore that vision. He wants us to hold on to it once again. And say, yes, God. 
I see it coming. So that we will be able to fight correctly. And then Paul said, he said in 1 Corinthians 9 verse 26, Therefore I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. There is a target. There is a race, as, as we were singing here. There is a race to be run. Victories to be won. It's not just any race. It's a race that God has set out before us. So our vision is clear. We're looking at this thing and we're running towards us. And the good thing about vision is that not only does it keep us motivated, it helps us be disciplined. <laughs> It helps us be disciplined, right? Now, the word of God says without vision, the people perish. So if there's no vision, we, we will chase a lot of things. We run here, we run there. Oh, this looks great. Let me go there. Oh, this looks great. Oh, man, this person is accomplishing this in their lives. I think that's also what I want in my life. And so we walk around being mini people of somebody else's vision. Little imitations of somebody else. But God is saying, I'm restoring your vision, your promise, your dream. No? Not to go and look for someone else's dream. So let's, let's, let, let, let us be focused as we enter in 2020. Let us be focused. Let us not let the vision die. Let us not be hopeless. Let us not be in dismay. No? But let us see with the eyes of the Spirit what it is that God wants us to accomplish. What it is that God wants us to do. What it is that God has promised us. And let our eyes be open to see that it is possible. It is possible. And God will make it happen. Amen. You guys are very quiet this morning. Hmm? Where are the amens? Hallelujah. Huh? Somersaults in the back. <laughs> yeah. So, as we're sitting here, let us really trust God. You know, if you're here this morning and you're saying, like, I've come to the end of the year and I just feel like my vision is, is blurred. I don't, I, I don't even see clearly. I don't, I don't see with eyes of the Spirit. I don't, I, I, I just, I'm just here. God wants to change that. He really wants to change that this morning. The second thing that I saw God, God saying is that he wants us to have restored hope. He wants us to hope again. Have you ever been around hopeless people? How does it make you feel? It makes you feel depressed, right? It makes you feel like, oh my goodness. If they're feeling like that, maybe, but why am I feeling like this? Maybe I should be feeling like it, it, It's just a spirit that brings so much dullness and death. God does not want us to be hopeless. He wants us to enter 2020 with restored hope. New hope rising up within us. Okay. Habakkuk 2 verse 3, it says, If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Though the vision may tarry, it will come to pass. 
Wait for it. Though the promise may take longer than you expected, it will come to pass. Wait for it. Though it may look like it's so far away, it will come to pass. Wait for it. Trust God. Okay? Have hope. A person who has hope is very different from a hopeless person. Their countenance is different. Right? When somebody's hopeful, they are, they're smiling, they're full of life, they're saying, man, good things are going to come out. But when they're hopeless, they're, they're down. They're like, I'm so depressed right now. It's negative thoughts. Everything is negative. You know? And it's just keeping them feeling like, I don't know what can come out of this. There's not a chance. But God is saying, I want my people to come with restored hope. So you have to speak to yourself this morning if you're feeling hopeless. Psalm 43 verse 5 says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. There is nothing else that stirs up hope so well as getting praising the Lord. You know, in times when I'm feeling down or I'm feeling exhausted, when I just press that play button on my laptop, no? and that, wor- that worship starts going, no? my favorite song, I-, I-, I often have a playlist of all my favorite songs, so that when I just press play, they all start. You are my champion. Ah! Huh? They, they start one song after another, and it starts doing something to my spirit, you know? And my spirit within me starts rising up, and I say, why, Hilma, are you feeling like this when the God of the universe is living inside of you? Why? And when my spirit is awakened, I get up and I start jumping up and down in the room. I'm telling you, a lot of people go to the gym, my worship sessions. <laughs> in my room, at my gym. I mean, cardio exercises don't get better than what happens in my room there. Woo! My goodness. Huh? By the end of the session, I'm like, whoo. Thank you, Jesus. That was so good. Yeah? But it's your spirit connecting with the spirit of God. Yeah? This hope that we're talking about, it's, it's not a false hope. It's not a made-up hope. Nah? It's not a, 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 some sort of coping mechanism that just, while you're going through stuff, you're just like, oh, I'm hopeful. It's just a whole lot of talk to, to perform for people and pretend. No, it's a sure hope. A sure hope in Jesus Christ. When your spirit comes alive and connects with God, you're like, yes, I am hopeful. Because he who is promised is faithful. He is faithful. You'll make it happen. Romans 12, verse 12 says, be joyful in hope. Huh? Be patient in affliction and be faithful in prayer. Joyful in hope. Hope brings joy, as I said. No? It, it's not, the countenance is different. It's not, oh, I just hope things will turn out. No. 
That's worldly hope. It's the sure hope in Jesus Christ. Patient in affliction. And there's been a lot of patience being tested this year. With all the balls that the enemy has been throwing. Patient by faithful in prayer. In prayer. Prayer births the promises of God. Prayer births that vision. Show me any person that will tell you God gave me a picture and it happened without prayer. Without having that moment of affliction and crying out to God and saying, but God, faithful. God wants to restore hope. Hopelessness will cause us to start the year weak. You know? And though, and though we often say it's not how you start that's important, but how you finish. <laughs> we always say that, isn't it? How you start is not important, but how you finish. But how you start can give you an advantage. Yeah? Because if you're going to start the year like this, when we announce, oh, now tonight is prayer and fasting, and you're like, oh, inertia. You are here. Now you have to overcome inertia. Ne? So you're pushing to get out of that. Oh. Yeah? Now you are here. Now you are starting the engine. And you're starting. And you, oh, it takes longer. Yeah? But if you ended with hope, and you're saying, man, I can't wait for 2020. When they say tonight is prayer, oh man, I'm there. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Isn't it? It's not, oh no. The year has started again. It's prayer and fasting again. It's going to those meetings again. Here the office is starting again. Here the kids are going again. Here, no. It's different. Yeah? God wants that hope to be there. Because when our hope is restored, there is an expectation. And that is what God wants to restore today, to restore our expectation. He wants to restore vision. He wants to restore hope so that we can have restored expectation. You know, there are two ways we can enter into 2020. There's that person there jumping. 2019, it's done. It's not just a new year waiting for me, baby. It's a new decade that I'm jumping into. Hello? It's a new decade, and I am jumping into this because it is a new season. It is new, right? Or I can be like, oh, no. I don't know why I'm still alive at the end of this year. Lord, you promised Jesus was coming soon. When is he coming? Because I just don't have strength for yet another year, Lord. Oh! Yeah? So as we're sitting here, you can decide, which group am I right now? How am I feeling? Right? But how does God want me to enter? And make the choice. And this is the thing. It's our choice to make. Because God has already made his grace abound. It is available. Huh? 
God wants us to have a hope and a future. He's always had good plans for us. So he's saying, have expectation. Be expectant for 2020. You know, there are those people that walk around saying, expect nothing. <laughs> if you don't expect anything, you won't be disappointed, my friend. The reason why people get disappointed is because they've got too many expectations. If you just don't expect anything, just live your life. It will be fine. But when you're waiting for something from God, you're waiting in expectation. You know, it's like when, 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 when a woman is pregnant and she's expecting a child. Yeah? People are waiting for that baby to come. You yourself are expecting a baby to come. And you're excited about it, isn't it? And depending on your culture, because I know that there are some cultures where the, 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 there's a lot of fear you know, surrounding the future. You, you don't know what the future holds, so don't celebrate anything until it's actually there. Don't plan anything until it's there. So people start planning when the thing arrives. Okay? So even when it comes to pregnancies, there are those who... When, it, when it's six months, oh man, it's a girl, they're buying the clothes, they're fixing the baby room. So for some people, as soon as they hear they're pregnant, the baby room is, is already fixed. The diapers are bought, the clothes. Why? There is an expectation and excitement. And especially if God has prophesied. Yeah? If you got a prophetic word concerning that child in your womb, that that's going to be a great child, this is the year of birthing, and the seed that you're carrying is going to do A, B, C, D. There is a greater expectation. You're saying, God, you have said it. This baby is going to be birthed. It's coming out full term. I am not confused about what you said here. This baby is coming, and I'm preparing for it. Right? There's usually just fear when we're not quite sure. If this is what God is doing, or this is not a thing of God, I'm not quite sure. So the expectation is low. But when it's a word from God, when it's a promise that God made, when it's the word that God spoke over your life, there is an expectation. You're waiting. That Simeon that was in the temple, waiting for the Messiah to come, he became so old. But as he was there praying and prophesying and doing his work, he was just trusting God that one day it's going to come and I'm going to see it. You know? So God wants our expectation to rise again. And I know there are people that subtly inside you have learned, you, you have closed up your heart not to expect much from God. Because you don't want to be disappointed. Because you feel like he's disappointed you before. And God wants to break that off this morning. God wants you to forget about what happened before. And he's saying, I'm restoring ex expectation in your heart. I'm releasing something new. The promise is still for you. If you're sitting here today and there was a time when you felt like you had the promise in your hand 
and you're excited and expectant, and it's almost like it disappeared, and you don't know how, and, it, and it's almost like it was taken from you. God is saying, I want to restore that expectation. Do not fear, because I will make it happen. So bring back the excitement. Bring back the expectation. Bring back the trust in God. Let us expect great things from God this year. Let us allow him to take us deeper. You know when there's expectation, even in a room, when we're worshiping God, and there's expectation, there's faith in a room, there's this thing of, man, I'm expecting for God to do something great and deeper. You can sense it. And God loves it. The Holy Spirit just comes, and he breathes over his people. There, there is a tangible presence of God because the, the expectation is so high. But when there's no expectation, when there's no... Remember when Jesus was going around doing miracles? The towns, he, he had the least miracles within the towns where people were not expecting to see anything. Where people were saying, ah, just, just this Jesus, just this carpenter. Those towns, he, did not, he couldn't perform miracles there. The Bible says, not that he didn't want to, he just couldn't perform miracles there. Because people were not expectant. When we're expectant, it builds faith. It brings hope. There's so much that we're expecting from God, and God shows up. Because we're saying, God, I believe that you're a good God. I believe that you're a big God. I believe that you can make things happen that are beyond my wildest imagination, that are beyond what, what the world says can happen. God still wants to do it, and he wants to raise up that expectation. So expect great things from God. And as, as, as I was really just praying um, for this message, I really sense God saying that um, there are three groups of people this morning here. Um, I, saw, I saw this picture of a farmer going out in, into his field, and he, and he planted the seed. And as he planted the seed, he was waiting. He was waiting for the rains to come, waiting for the seed to grow, and then eventually the seed grow, uh, grew. And this was just a picture that God was showing me, and he's saying, Hilma, when it comes to vision, when it comes to promises, you must understand that there, there will be people in this room that are in three different stages. There are those that are in the revelation stage. There are those whose eyes just opened, who just heard the promise, that just saw. There are those that God just revealed to them right now. You're in the beginning stages. You're saying, God, you've been showing me this, but I don't know when it's going to come to fruition, and I don't know how to do it. Yeah? There's a birthing in you where God just released something, and you're saying, God, I see the picture. I see the dream. I see the promise, but I don't know what to do with it. And for those people, if that's you, uh, is there anyone in this room that feels that that word is for me right now? That is where I am. I'm at this revelation stage where God is just revealing this to me. And I really sense that for you this morning, the Lord is saying specifically, listen and prepare. Listen and prepare. 
The Lord is saying, I, the God who has given you this picture, will direct you exactly in where you should go and how you should go about this. So listen and give yourself to preparation. And he's going to show you exactly how you're going to prepare yourself too. Amen. And then the second, uh, the second group is a group of people that are in a place of transition. You have seen, you've gotten the revelation, and you're on your way to get the promise, but you're stuck somewhere in between. This is the wilderness before the promised land. This is the prison before the palace. This is the place where you're saying, okay, God, I've seen, I, and I can see <laughs> it's there, but I'm not getting there. You're in this place of transition, somewhere in between. You're not here and you're not there, but you're there in between. And for these people, I really sense the Lord saying this morning, wait and obey. Because the temptation is to want to make things happen on your own. The temptation is to, because it's there, you just want to grab it, you want to go over, but the Lord is saying, wait. Wait patiently for me and obey my instructions in this season. For this is a time of character building. This is a time of purification. This is a time of uprooting the very things that will defile where I'm taking you. This is a time where I'm strengthening you for where you're going. Yeah? Just like as you're coming to the tip of the mountain, yeah? it is the toughest place when you're so close. And that's why it is so tough. It's been this place of transition, place of stretching, place where God is saying, I am refining, I am, I am, I am, I am building character. I am removing impurities. I am removing the chaff. I am bringing you into the promised land. But right now, right now where we are, I'm working on you. Wait and obey. Do not be hasty. Do not be hasty. And then the last one are those that are in the promised land. You have tasted of the promised land. You are there. You say, Man, God showed me this company 20 years ago, and I can't believe I'm there right now. God showed me this thing five years ago, and it's actually here right now. You have tasted of it. You have entered just as the Israelites came out. They spied the land, and they've entered the promised land. And to you, God is saying, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Because for a lot of you, as you've entered, it's looking different from what you saw. You're saying, God, I didn't know it was going to be this tough. I didn't know. I thought that because you've spoken it and it's here, I thought it was going to be a smooth ride. But now you're in this place and you're thinking, oh, it's tough. And God is saying, be strong and courageous. I have done it and I will complete it. He's giving you specific instructions. He's aligning you. And he's, he, he is causing the growth to happen. As you work in that place, as you continue to trust him and look to him, he will fulfill what he has already started. Amen. So I want to pray for us this morning. Let us just stand. Wherever you are, just want to pray this morning for us. And as we're preparing to, to, to pray, I really want to end with this verse, Hebrews 12, verse 1. We were singing about running a race. And Hebrews 12, verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, 
We've got witnesses that are watching us here on earth as we're running this race for Jesus. He says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. You see, God wants us to enter with vision. He wants us to enter with hope. He wants us to enter with expectation. And yet there are things that would want to pull us back, things that hinder, things that, that will just keep us from getting the fullness of what God is. It could be emotional baggage. It could be relational baggage. It could be vows that we've made. And God's saying, we know what those things are. We know what God has been putting his finger on for years, saying this thing is holding you back. It's like running a race with a backpack full of stones. It's slowing you down. And today God is saying, remove that load and give it to me. And run forward. Run light. Run the way I want you to run. Not the way you think you should be running. And the sin that entangles. I don't have to say much about sin this morning. Sin kills. Sin destroys. God does not want us to be flirting with sin. Playing with it to see how, how close we can get. Because we know. He has given us his precepts. He has given us his commands to protect us. For us to live out his goodness. And the life that he's called us to. So fathers, this morning, we thank you for your goodness, oh Father God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have come to set us free. We thank you, Lord Jesus, oh Father God, that as we end this Sunday, oh Father God, you're calling us further, you're calling us deeper, oh Father God, and you're taking us forward, oh Father God. Therefore, this morning, we thank you, Lord, that nobody is being left behind, oh Father God, but we are all moving forward into the things that you've set aside for us, oh Father God. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that though this ending has been one of struggle and fighting and wrestling, we know, Father God, that you have promise is faithful and you're taking us forward with greater zeal, greater passion, greater vision, oh Father God. I pray this morning, oh Father God, let faith arise. Let your army stand, oh Father God. Let every person stand, oh Father God, and move towards what you've called them to move this morning. In the name of Jesus, I see God is restoring. He is restoring right now. Just allow him to restore. Lift your hands to the heavens and let him restore that vision. Let him restore that hope. Let him restore that expectation right now. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you, Lord, that it's by your spirit. We are a people chosen to make a difference. We are people chosen to be your army, set apart for your kingdom, 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 Lord. Every doubt is breaking off right now in the name of Jesus. Where there's barrenness, where there's barrenness right now, I command growth. There is growth coming. There is growth coming. There is growth coming. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father God, that you make the crooked places straight. You make the crooked places straight, oh, Father God. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father God. And I just want to say this morning that on the 31st Tuesday, we're going to have our crossover service. And we're going to 
party into the new year. We're going to prophesy. We're going to pray. We're going to declare. We're going to take hold of all that God has for us in 2020. So I want to, to just remind us not to miss out on that. And if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, you don't have a relationship with him. He's calling you home. He's saying, don't enter this year without me. Come, my son. Come, my daughter. If you're here this morning, you want to start afresh next year, I want to ask you to come to the front as soon as we end the service so that we can pray with you. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.